0: you are listening to your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for your Word on the Way. It's our pleasure to be with you guys tonight. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter one. It's about dead center in the middle of the Bible. Um. Japheth needs a close up of my face. All right, so if you have your Bibles again, turn to Psalms chapter 1. For those of you who are watching online, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of mayhem currently between the plate passing and and uh the camera falling, and who knows what else. Amen. Leilani, it's good to see you. God bless you. All right, so who's ready to receive a word from the Lord? Amen. If you're taking notes tonight, tonight's message title is How to Prosper in Hard Times. How to Prosper in Hard Times. Hey, guys, youth, stop with the talking now for a little bit until the end. We'll chat afterwards. How to prosper in hard times. How many of you guys have ever been in a hard time? Ever in your life? Just a time or two. You know, every once in a while, you skid past the hard time. You never stay there, right? It's just, you know, just go right on through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Um, There are times that we have troubles. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. The key word there is, the the key passage is he delivers them from them all, but we we can't just slide right by the fact that it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I would like to pass by that part of that verse, um, that many are the afflictions of the righteous. It would be nice to just scoot on by that but as many of you guys raised your hands, you have been through a hard time. And wouldn't you like to the next time you go through a hard time to go through it and come out on top? So I'm gonna give you some, some tips from the Bible on how to prosper in hard times so that we just don't sit around and cry. Um, Nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I guess I'll go eat worms. You know what, I like, I like the adult service. They laugh a little bit more at my jokes than, than the teenagers do. <laughs> the, the kids, it depends. It depends what I say. If I say hun it, hunt it. They don't like it. It's not funny. But if I say something else, then it's funny. If I say that Skechers aren't a cool shoe, then all of a sudden it's, yeah, it's funny. See, there. I don't know why they laugh at the things that they do. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Um, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. says this, he says, Christians have trouble, but they're not in trouble. Christians have trouble, but they're not in trouble. I want you to know that there is a joyous end that God has in store for you if you are going through a hard time. You do not need to worry, but you do need to have faith in God. Amen? So I have a quick story Actually, I don't know how long my stories typically are, because I always think that they're going to be quick, and there's like about 700 side stories attached to them. So one time I went whitewater rafting, which, yeah, that's a story in and of itself. And uh, it was like a man-made whitewater rafting. So they had just changed up how their rapids went. And um, I'm not the sporty type, as you may not may or may not have been able to tell. I don't run, I don't boat, Uh, I barely walk. Uh, Some Sundays my pedometer says 400 something steps and I am very embarrassed. Um, So I don't do anything of the sort, I am not inclined and for some reason I went white water rafting. And it was fun, you know, the first couple rabbits. rapids. Then we were decide, let's go through the hard ones. Uh, we go through hard times, right? So we're like, let's go through the hard ones. They had just changed it up. And so I go through the, the raft. And, you know, there's one rapid that's really bad. So I get thrown off the boat. And so, you know, I come up out of the water. Um, some guy from the, like, they said there will be guides on the sides, if you're in trouble, you just wave your hand and you say that you're in trouble. And so these guides looked at me, they're like, are you okay? And I was fine. You know, you're just going through the rapids. Eventually you get back to your boat. And so I was fine. I said, no, I'm fine. And then eventually it comes towards the ends of the rapids where the rapids meet the calm water. And I ended up getting stuck under what they call the boil water. I don't, how many of you know about that boil water? I don't know if you know, I didn't know about it. So I get stuck underneath this boil water. And when I say I'm stuck, I'm trying to get out and I'm underwater. And I had my life vest on and I was underwater. And so it felt like it was a very long time that I was under that water. And there came a point in time that I stopped worrying. And I just went, I'm going home to be with the Lord. I tr- you are laughing, but I truly believed that I was dying right then and there. And as soon as I said that, I popped up out of the water, like as if nothing happened. You know, this guy came over to me with his canoe, and he like saved my life, pulled me up out of the water. I was caught, I was like, water came out of my nose and my mouth. Um, and I felt like I was about to die, but I'm telling you, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what our end looks like, you can have peace. At that time, I knew I might, uh, I might have a trouble right now, but I'm not in trouble. Even if I die right here at this moment, I had so much peace with that ridiculous near death experience and then they tell you no you got to this is what you have to do you have to just let go don't fight it and i was like shut up don't tell me after the fact how to how to save my life after i just nearly died you could have told me beforehand so all of that to say christians have trouble but they're not in trouble regardless of what kind of trouble you're facing today or what trouble that you may face or what trouble that you have faced you will prosper every single trouble that you go through amen number 1 if you're taking notes is stay planted how to prosper in hard times is number 1 stay planted everybody say stay planted, stay planted. psalms chapter 1 verses 1 through 1 through 3 say this oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves will never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They are like trees planted. How are you planted? Let's go back. How were these? People planted, well, this is how. They didn't follow the advice of the wicked or stand with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day or night. So there's two things that they did there. It's not enough just to meditate on the word of God. It says before that, there was something that they took out of their life. There is something that they did not do. So they decided, I'm not going to stand around with the sinners. I'm not going to stand around with the mockers. I'm okay, let's put it this way. It's not enough to eat a salad during the day. That's a good thing that you add. So meditating on the law of the Lord day and night, that's a good thing that you add. It's not enough to just eat a salad. You have to also cut out the 1,700 Oreos that you eat as a late night st- I'm speaking from experience. I'm not like trying to point, I'm talking about myself. Um, you know, when you go, you go back for the Oreo and you're like, oh my gosh, that whole row is empty. I didn't realize that. It- and then you have to get more milk to go with, okay, just me. So it's not an, you can't just switch to Diet Coke. You have to stop going to McDonald's and getting the, what is, whatever they have. The Whopper. Oh, that's Burger King. Whatever they have. It's not enough just to add something good. You have to also take away the bad. You have to separate yourself from the bad. What does the Bible say? Come out from among them and be separate. How do I stay planted? I have to separate myself from the things of this world. We are in this world, but we're not since you have heard about Jesus, this is Ephesians four twenty-one through 22. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, everybody say throw off. Throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You have to be in the house of God to stay planted. You have to be in the house of God, but you've got to put off the garbage. You've got to put off your your old way of living. You you can't be doing drugs and coming into church and expecting that this is you being planted. We want you in church if you're doing drugs, and you, like we want you here, but I'm saying don't let the enemy fool you and, and make you think that just coming to church Changes everything for you. You have to also put away the old way of living you can't be getting drunk and Coming to church and saying well, I'm paying my dues. I'm paying my respects to God That's not that's not how you get planted in the things of God You get planted in the things of God by throwing off the former things your old way of living and starting to live your new life put throw off the old sinful nature put on your new nature. Jesus said, "Deny yourself." Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me daily. What else did Jesus say? He said, "Submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you." These are these are tips and steps on how to stay planted in God. And then also he said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near." He didn't just say, come to church on a Wednesday night, come to church on a Sunday morning. He said, repent, saying I'm sorry is not repenting. I'm sorry, okay, Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Saying I'm sorry is not repenting, coming to an altar Though this is signifying and symbolizing that you're making a step of repentance, that is not the act of repentance. Your act of repentance is turning away from your old sinful life, your old ways, who you used to be. And becoming the new creation that God has ordained you to be. So you've got to turn away, throw off the old sinful nature and put on your new nature. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You cannot stay planted in hard times unless you were planted in the first place. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that tonight before the end of the night comes we're going to give you an opportunity to get planted into actually the bible says that you're grafted in to his branch you get to be part of the family of god if you turn from your old ways and you put on his new nature amen so we're going to give you an opportunity later on today um, in a in a little bit also how do we stay planted in god the bible says meditate on his law day and night Um, get in the word know what it says let it be your daily bread. Let this be like fresh manna to you. You know, the Israelites were um, told by God every day, go, ha- go ahead and, and uh, um, collect the manna. That was a symbolism of you getting fresh, a fresh word from God every day. Go and get into your word. Let this become your bread. Let this become your sustenance. Let this become like a medicine to you. Let it dictate to you what your instruction should be for life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Your ladder will be greater, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of, of your life. These are promises that are in the word of God that if you get it into your spirit, it becomes real to you. It becomes something that you can bank on, that you can trust in when times get hard. Finally, verse three. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves will never wither and they will prosper in all they do. How do you prosper? Oh, I didn't even realize that was the word that was there. That was cool. Go ahead, Holy Ghost. You can prosper in hard times because you're planted in God. And do you think trees are trying hard to grow fruit? No. There's a tree in my front yard, ah, some kind of dogwood. Apparently it grows fruit. I didn't realize that it was fruit. It's like a kusa dogwood or something like that. I don't know anything about it, but the fruit is weird. It's like that, it's like that, those things in Puerto Rico that you break open and there's weird stuff on the inside. They're like, canepas, yeah. It's like that, except for it's in my, in my yard and it's from a tree. So, and it's weird. It's like gross, but uh, you gotta like crack it open and eat it. Apparently you can eat it and it's not poisonous because it didn't die. So, all of that to say, I don't do anything to that tree to make it grow these stupid fruit. They keep growing and then they fall from the tree and then my son likes to step on them and then there's fruit flies all around them because the whole yard is filled with them. I would like for them to not be bearing fruit right now, but they're bearing fruit, I did nothing. It's all about where it's planted. And You don't have to try to bear fruit when you're planted in God. It is just a byproduct of who you are. So it doesn't matter if you're in a drought. It doesn't matter if you're in a good season and a bad season. It does not matter. You don't even have to try. When you're planted in God, you won't even have to try. You will bear fruit as a byproduct of being in him. Amen? Amen. If you're planted in him, you will bear fruit whether you're trying to or not trees don't try to grow fruit. If you plant them in the right place, they will bear fruit. If you stay in the right place, if you stay in God, if you keep putting, uh, uh, putting off your old nature and putting on your new nature, then you will bear fruit as a byproduct of your relationship with God. You will prosper regardless of the times that you're living in. Amen. Hey, we have a testimony. Like last year, I think it was hard for people. But God blessed us. You're here. God blessed me. I'm blessed. I have to say there's nothing that I've, I have need of. There's nothing that God has not provided. And it was like, I guess it was a hard time, but I wouldn't know because God's been good. When you're planted in God, you know, some things you just don't even know because God has been so good to you. Number two, if you're taking notes on how to prosper in hard times, put... Doubt out. Put doubt out. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. I'm going to read a few scriptures here. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Keep your finger there. And turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. You have to forgive me because sometimes I can't read my writing. Oh, no, that's not even it. That's definitely not it. I knew it, like I felt it. Oh, 58, yeah, yeah, 1358. And so he, this is talking about Jesus. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. He did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Then I want you to turn to, so back in Matthew chapter 9, you see there's fu- funeral music. Like, there, it's sad. And Jesus doesn't go, okay, well, this is like, I mean, she's dead. We need to act in wisdom, and we need to respect the wishes of the family. He put out the people who were playing funeral music, he said, get out. And there are times that there will be people who try to surround you in those hard times and they want to feel bad for you. They want to feel sorry with you. And you have to be the kind of person that has boldness from heaven to say, I don't need that right now. I need to be encouraged of the, uh, uh, in the Lord. You need to have the boldness in your spirit to know what needs to be put out. It feels good for someone to be sad with you, but it feels better to have your dead daughter alive, right? So while pity can feel good for a moment and like the hug can feel good for a moment, you need people who will stand with you who believe the word of God. And doubters need to be put out. That is exactly what Jesus did. And then again, we saw later in Matthew that Jesus could do few miracles because of the people's unbelief. I don't know about you, but Jesus, I think from the word of God seemed to have had, you know, lots of power and he had faith. So why couldn't he just, why couldn't he just take care of it? because you can't do those types of miracles when there is unbelief present. So if you want breakthrough in your life, if you wanna get through those hard times, you need to put the people who are those unbelievers, the sinners, the mockers, you need to put them out so that you can operate in your faith, you can operate in your belief. It's not just that you have to have faith. You need to not have unbelief. You need to not have doubt in your heart. And you can, you have the faith of Jesus Christ inside of you, the Bible says. You have, you have been given the measure of faith of Christ. That means everything that Christ had faith-wise, you have. Every bit of faith that he had, you have. You have the measure of faith. And so your job, your position as a believer is to put those types of doubts out, put the unbelief out. Go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 8. Verse 22. I know I'm taking you a lot of places in the Bible, but it's good. The, I mean, the word is good, right? Amen? It's the word that doesn't return void. It's not my words that doesn't return void. It's the word of God that doesn't return void. So I, I might as well just sit up here and just read the whole thing to you. Amen? So Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter 8, verse 22 says this. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus, listen, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. It makes you wonder why Jesus led him out of the village. Why couldn't he have just done the miracle right there? But we just read in that other passage in Matthew that he could, do very, he could do no miracles where he was at because of their unbelief. Sometimes God takes you from where you're at so you could get into a po- position of belief. So Jesus took the blind man by the ha- hand and led him out of the village, then spitting on the man's eyes, we're gonna do some spitting ministry after, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, then spitting on, I'm training up the youth. Um, in, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna, if there were infractions of employment here, I'm going to have like two check marks next to my name. No. So then, spinning on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Isn't that interesting? When God does something for you, he want, when he brings you out of something, he wants you to stay out of it. And for this man, it wasn't good for him to go back to where he came from. And I, I, just, I just believe from the word of God from the other passages that it's likely that there were people who were doubters who were surrounding him. That's not exactly what the scripture says, but you can put a couple things together there. And that's, that's what I believe is happening here in this particular occasion. You see that this is one of the only miracles that Jesus had to do something twice. And you have to wonder, did it have to do with the unbelief of the people who were in the village? Finally, you could turn to cha- uh, 2 Kings chapter one. Verse, um, nope, 2 Kings chapter seven, verse one. 2 Kings seven, verse one. So we're talking about how to prosper in hard times. And this is point number two saying you've got to put doubt out let me tell you this the surest way for your hard time to become harder is if you surround yourself with people who are negative if you surround yourself with people who are not believers if you surround yourself with believers who have unbelief Um, that is the surest way to make your hard time harder so in second kings Chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Elisha replied, Listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, That couldn't happen even if the Shoot. That couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. You don't want to say those kind of things. You just, even if God himself, yep, I think that God could. Uh, but Elisha replied, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. You don't want to be the person who sees the miracles happening around you, but you never get to partake of it. Because you've surrounded yourself with unbelief. And, it's, and you've surrounded yourself with negative talk. You've surrounded yourself with unbelievers. Why don't you surround yourself with people of faith? Something happens when you join your faith together and gr- agree about what God can do. Um, the Bible says, wherever two agree as touching one thing, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. There's something about unity of faith. There's something about coming together and touching a thing, agreeing on the word of God, repeating his word back to him. You know, nothing's worse than uh, somebody who, who repeats the, word, the words of the enemy to you. Oh, well. Well you are probably going to die then. I don't know. I don't think that I want to hear that. I want to hear the word of God repeated back to me. And there's nothing more powerful than when the body of Christ comes together and we agree together. We join our faith. And I believe that that's why you're here tonight, because you believe that God is the God of his word because you believe that he will do what he said he would do. The Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Will he speak and not act? Will he promise and not perform it? I'm here to tell you tonight that God will do what he said he would do. He will act, he will perform it, amen? Go ahead and shout hallelujah. Who you allow around you, the voices that you allow to speak into you will steer your destiny. Ask Elisha. He was around Elijah, and he received a double portion. Ask Amnon. We've been talking about him in the youth group. Parents, you could ask your kids about Amnon. Actually, don't ask your kids about Amnon. Then you'll know what I was preaching, and I don't know if you're going to like that one. Uh, But it's in the Bible. Ask Naaman. Ask Eve. Who did she allow to influence her? Who did she, the serpent ask? Sapphira and Ananias, or Ananias and Sapphira? Ask them if the ones who who were closest with them if they influenced their lives. For for them it was negative. Ask the ten spies. Then ask the two spies. Ask Joshua and Caleb who believed God that they could enter the promised land. Or you could ask the other 10 spies who they allowed to influence their lives and they were not able to enter the promised land. If you repeat the words of the enemy to me rather than repeating God's words to me, I will rebuke you. We all have to get to that place. Where it doesn't matter what somebody is to us in the flesh, we need to know when something is spiritual, and we know we need to know when to receive something and when to rebuke something. Amen. Peter was close to Jesus, and Jesus said, "Satan, get behind me! Don't be doing that to like every everybody. You know. Okay. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, Number three, if you're taking notes on how to prosper in hard times, don't give up when it's not over don't give up when it's not over we're still in second kings chapter 7 we're going to go to the next verse verse 3 now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the of the city gates this is what they said Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army if they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans, but when they Uh, But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there, for the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of, of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. So let's skip down to eight. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after the other, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. So here are these lepers. They're saying, we're going to die if we sit here. If we go back, we're going to die. Should we just wait around? Should we just be sitting around and waiting to die? There is a boldness from the Spirit of God that wakes you up out of your slumber when you're in that hard time and makes you realize, I can't just sit here and do nothing until I die from my current hardship I don't know if you've been to that place where you're at this place and it's almost like, man, I'm as low as I can go. I might as well be a living sacrifice for God because I have got nothing left. And we can get to that place without hitting rock bottom. You could just simply give your heart and your life over to God. But these lepers were in a place where they had nothing left. They were gonna die one way or the other. And they decided, should I just sit here and wait until I succumb to my death? because of my hardship, because of my current state. No, the spirit of God can wake you up tonight. That if you're in that hard place, that it can shake you and make you realize you don't just sit there and let things keep happening to you. You don't just sit there and let your mood keep going down and down and down. No, you're gonna get up Stand up and see what the Lord has already done on your behalf that you might know nothing about what he already did But if you would get up from your place of hardship if you would get up from sitting outside of the city going I don't know how anything could change for me Maybe you would see that God already changed something for you that it's already been done by the blood of Jesus Christ everybody say it is finished He's victorious He already won the battle. All you have to do is continue to put your faith in God. If you won't quit, you will win. Run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for you. Run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for you. There is a strength from heaven that causes you to stand face to face with death and say like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I will not bow. There is a strength from heaven that makes you praise God in prison, regardless of how dark it seems. There is a strength from heaven that causes you to stay true to God, even when you feel the heat of that fire. There is a strength from heaven that empowers you to operate in your giftings, even in what others may seem as the dark time of your life. Why? Because the Bible says even darkness will be as light to you. You can't escape the presence of God, and no one can keep you from the presence of God. It doesn't matter where you're currently at in your state, whether it's a hardship because of work, or because of home life, or because of stuff that people have done to you, I want you to know from the word of God tonight that you can be woken up from that slumber, from that man, I just, I just feel like it keeps going wrong. It just over and over again, whether I go back to the city, no matter where I turn, it's wrong. No matter where, that was the lepers. No matter which way I turn, it's not good news, right? That was their situation. But the Spirit of God can put uh, a power and a strength in you so that you don't just sit around and die. You don't just sit around and wait for the next bad thing to happen to you. Um, The Bible says that Jesus was a man of many sorrows. He was fully acquainted with our grief. He knows what it's like. He has compassion on us. He cares. It's not like he's like, you know... Just come through the hard time and, you know, get over it. That's not what he's like. He binds up the brokenhearted. He doesn't just uh, wash over it or look over it. He takes care of it. He binds up the brokenhearted. He has compassion. Look at what he did with Lazarus. Uh, His sisters were crying and he wept. He had compassion on them. So our God cares. He cares about our hardship. But like I said earlier, which would you rather? Somebody who cries with you or somebody who brings back your dead daughter from the dead and brings her to life. And God can do that for your situation today. He can bring whatever's dead back to life. He can bring whatever's been stolen. He can restore it back to you. If there's a health issue in your body, he can restore health to you. If you've fallen far from God, if you've sinned against him, if you've just been messing up over and over again, why would Jesus say repent if repenting would do you no good? Why would he tell you repent for the kingdom of heaven is that near if when you repented it was like he didn't care about you anyway? He's given us his word and he's told us what to do so that we could be made in right relationship with him. So that we could be restored to him. So that our, our relationship can be right. And let me just say this. I just feel it from the spirit of God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're here tonight and there's something that's troubling you, uh, get it right. Repent. Turn away from that stuff. But if you've turned away from your old way of living, then don't let the devil condemn you anymore. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It's different if you're still sleeping around and you shouldn't be sleeping around. That's different. But if you've stopped it, if you've walked away, if you've put off your old life, you shouldn't allow the enemy to condemn you any longer. Amen? Let's take a moment. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and lift your hands to heaven. Begin to worship the Lord in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for raising up faith in this place right now. We join our faith together that we would see mighty signs and wonders tonight, Father. I thank you, Father God, that children who are wayward would come back to you today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that for people who are in need of a creative miracle in their body, I thank you, Father, that you're doing it right now. I thank you, Lord, that though we have not yet seen it with our eyes, we can hold it with our faith. So right now, as you're here tonight in the sound of my voice, begin to believe God for those things that you're trusting him for. Nothing is too hard for God. No one is too far off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. says again that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them from them all you may be in a hard place but maybe you're in a hard place today because you have not given your life to Jesus because you haven't repented of your sin you haven't turned from your old way of living and you haven't become the new creation that he told you that you are and I want to give an opportunity for every person who's in this place that you would say, I haven't repented of my sin, but I want to repent of my sin. You need to turn away from your sin in order to turn to God. The Bible says you cannot have two masters. You'll either serve God and hate the other, or you'll love that you'll love money and hate God. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve this world. You can't serve your desires. You can't serve the flesh. You can't serve your job above God. So if you're here today and you would say, I know that I've sinned against God. There is a sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Sin has a sting attached to it. And sin in itself will cause hardship in your life and you can't come out of those hardships because you keep sinning that is the natural order of things when sin entered this world so did death and everything associated with death and so tonight you can have an opportunity to turn away from sin and turn to God to deny yourself to pick up your cross and follow him And his word is true whom the son sets free is free indeed if you haven't received Christ as your Savior you're in bondage to sin you do things that you don't want to do you want to stop doing those things but you can't and why because the Bible says that that's an oppression of the devil that sin is a bondage a saying that goes sin will keep you longer than you want to stay sin will cost you more than you want to pay and that does not have to be you tonight everybody close your eyes if you're here and you would say i know i am a sinner i know i've sinned against god and i have not repented but today Marks the day that I'm going to ask Jesus into my life to forgive me, and I'm going to turn away from my sins, and I'm going to turn towards God. If that's you, with every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at, that you would say, I no longer want to be in the bondage of sin, and I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Anybody here tonight that you would say, I need to be forgiven of my sins? i need to be washed clean i see those hands anybody else that you would say i need to be forgiven of my sins i need to repent i want to turn away from who i used to be anybody else for those of you who have your hands raised i want you to come forward now i'm going to pray for you come on forward i want to pray for you come on forward everybody go ahead and give the lord praise as she comes anybody else Come on, everybody, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hi, God, bless you. What's your name? Holly. It's good to meet you. We're going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to give you the words to say, but you mean it from your heart, and you can repeat after me. Amen. Let's pray. Say this Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, I repent. I turn from my old ways, and I turn to you. Forgive me now. I believe in my heart that you died for me. I confess with my mouth that, Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead, and you're alive right now to give me power over sin fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I would live for you all the days of my life. Go ahead and lift lift your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Father, for Holly. I pray you bless her, Lord. Be free in Jesus' name. Everybody of the enemy, I break off of you now in Jesus' name. The plan of the devil to destroy your life, I cancel in Jesus' name. Receive now the fresh touch from heaven. I curse off every addiction in Jesus' name, and I command you to be free. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will live and not die, declare i thank you father god that you break off every tie to her formal way of life now in the mighty name of jesus hallelujah go ahead and let the lord touch you let the lord touch you hallelujah bless her god bless her lord hallelujah get your information so that we can help you walk out your walk with Christ. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. We glorify you, Jesus. There's nobody like you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. City. I want to do one more thing tonight. If you're going through a hard time and you just want a fresh touch from the Spirit of God, I just want you to line up shoulder to shoulder here. We're going to pray for you real quick. You would say, I'm going through a hard time. I just need the Spirit of God to fill me, to help me through. You know that God's going to do it. It's not not any of us, but you need the Spirit of God. Go ahead and line up shoulder to shoulder here. We're going to lay hands on you. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. The rest of you, you can still receive right where you're at, whether you're you're up here or not. Um, But for those of you who are up here, God's got a special touch for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else that you would say, I just need a touch from heaven? For those of you who are up front, go ahead and lift your hands. Hallelujah. Father, each one who's up here needs a touch from you. Gorobo said, We could do nothing apart from you, and we never would want to. Gorobo Sata. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that the boldness that comes from heaven would come upon them tonight. And the same grace that you've given us, the same grace that you've given us to get through hard times and still prosper. God, I pray that you would touch them with that same grace tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everybody who needs direction from you, God, I ask that you would give it to them. Everybody who just needs your spirit um, to strengthen and encourage them. I thank you, Father, that you do it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive a fresh touch from heaven. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, receive a fresh touch from heaven. We take captive every thought that tries to uh, lift itself up above Jesus. We bless you, God. We'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Receive a fresh touch from heaven. Jesus name, receive a fresh strength in Jesus name, thank you Father, touch her God, every area of struggle God, I ask that you would give her the directions on what to do next, she wants to do what pleases you God. So I ask, Lord, that you would give her a download of information from heaven so that she would do what pleases you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive a fresh touch from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. who needed strength from you they'll wake up tomorrow morning feeling different like something has shifted like something has changed and for those of us who were in the hearing of your word tonight I thank you God that you bring it to our remembrance when we needed God so that we would trust in you that we would just have faith in you knowing that you can do all things and you will do all things as we put our faith and our trust in you in the mighty name of Jesus you believe it, go ahead and give the Lord praise like you already got the victory. Hallelujah! Yeah! Go ahead and shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! Well, I trust that you had a good time in the presence of the Lord. A reminder to you guys that it is uh, Pastoral Appreciation Week. Pastor Cole was not here tonight because he is on like a half week of vacation he's uh at another service right now so if you feel in your heart to ever honor the pastors there's baskets up here again just a reminder there's no pressure no coercion we're not into that kind of stuff but we bless you guys and we trust that you'll have an amazing night amen